Hello, everybody. Today, I thought uh, we'd put together just a short uh, podcast to follow up on on something we discussed at length a while back uh, when we had Judge Linda Clark on our cast. We talked about what's called the opioid uh, epidemic, and uh, we talked to her about some of the efforts that are being made in her court and some of the uh, organizations that she's involved with, the Families Against Narcotics, Hope Not Handcuffs, that sort of thing. Um, I hope you had a chance to listen to that podcast. If you not, if you haven't, uh, you know, I encourage you to go back and, and give that a listen. It was really uh, interesting to hear from somebody so involved every day uh, uh, dealing with uh, folks, uh, not only folks who are uh, dependent on opioids, but also uh, families. Uh, but one of the things that we talked about in that podcast was um, some legislative efforts that were coming to uh, help curb uh, the use of opioids. Well, uh, since that uh, podcast was completed, uh, in fact, here in Michigan, effective July 1st, there is a new law that, um, that prohibits doctors from prescribing more than a seven-day supply of opioids uh, for patients who are in acute pain. Uh, that was something we talked about uh, in our podcast. At that time, it was just a proposed uh, law. It is now uh, in effect. Um, so uh, I thought I would revisit that. And in doing that, I, I was looking at some other things and and realized um, that that this is not necessarily such a cut and dried issue. You know, if you listen to the podcast, uh, if you haven't, I, I will tell you that one of the things that uh, Judge Linda Clark said, at least I, I recall her saying that um, ideally they would like to take that number from seven days down to three days. And uh, I think it's pretty clear to see the intention behind that kind of effort. Um, the longer people are on opioid medication, uh, I think there's a, a greater likelihood that, that they're going to become dependent and have... Uh, uh, subsequent uh, problems may be related to addiction and overdose and, and all of that sort of thing. So I think we can see the intention behind it. But as I say, it's not it's not all cut and dried. I have talked to to several other people about this issue, and, and some of them uh, were in favor of it. Uh, some of them uh, were not. Um, and and it's so as so happens, I um, read an article today in the Detroit Free Press, and this is sort of what prompted me to record this cast, but I read an article today uh, in the Detroit Free Press about a young lady. She was 28 years old and originally was given opiates uh, following a gallbladder surgery uh, about uh, four years prior to her death. Um, she died uh, in February of this year from a heart infection that the doctors believe originated uh, uh, with a contaminated needle that she used to shoot heroin. And the article goes on to say that she started using heroin when she ran out of uh, her prescription uh, pain medication. And when I talk to folks about limiting the amount of uh, prescription medications made available to a seven-day supply or even a, a smaller number, three-day supply, for example, or even a 30-day supply for that matter, um, one of the arguments against it is that when people run out, they will, they will then look for other ways to get that pain relief. They'll look for uh, things like heroin, and there's a lot that can go wrong uh, when they do that. 
And uh, this article sort of backs that up. It's an article that interviews the family and talks about uh, the path that this young lady took and and uh, how it affected her and how it affected her family and how it affected uh, her children. And so uh, it, it, it just made me uh, even more acutely aware that even though there's some good intention behind this law, there is um, there is an argument against it. And, um, you know, that, which led me to research other articles. And I found another one that talked about uh, the a law in Arizona and a similar, similar law in Arizona that limits the amount of uh, prescription opioids that are made available uh, for individuals. So it's a, it, it really is something that I think um, is, going to, is going to take a lot of thought. Um, I had a conversation today. Uh, we were recording another uh, podcast today. We were talking about legalization of marijuana, uh, specifically in Canada, and how it may impact the U.S. And but as part of that conversation, a gentleman I was talking to, a guy I've, I've had a guest uh, on, on a couple of different podcasts now, uh, talked about um, marijuana as an alternative to opioid medications, and uh, how people with chronic pain, if they have access to marijuana. Uh, may find relief without running a danger of becoming dependent on opioids or um, uh, using a marijuana to treat uh, folks who may have PTSD. Uh, and uh, so, so I think there's still a lot to be learned, uh, a lot to be learned about opioid addiction, a lot to be learned about uh, marijuana as an alternative to opioids, a lot to be learned about trying to limit uh, uh, opioids, either on the supply side. I know there's a lot of efforts uh, made on the supply side, but also on the user side, trying to limit the amount of uh, medications that people have access to. So um, uh, it really is a it, it, it's quite it's quite a health crisis. But I, w- I was struck when I was reading this article about the young lady. Uh, the article was in, of course, in the Michigan newspaper. But this. Um, uh, the family that was uh, uh, the, the focus of the article was in Tennessee, and uh, their pain really came through. Their pain of the frustration they went to, the pain of the guilt that they felt. They at, at one point uh, uh, called the police and made some effort to get their daughter put in jail, where at least they knew she would be safe. And the and the guilt they felt about uh, giving her money uh, when uh, she would uh, tell them that she needed money for. Uh, to pay a bill and uh, and and finding out maybe later that that money went to uh, to using drugs and and um, the guilt that they felt about uh, parenting her children and all of that it, it, the pain really comes through and and I you know I I, I recently ha- had the experience of 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 losing somebody who who uh, who I knew and and. Uh, uh, as, as we talked to people uh, that knew this person, uh, uh, everybody was saying uh, "rest in peace," and there were some social media posts that said "rest in peace." and And I thought about that expression, "rest in peace." And then I thought about that expression as I was reading this article about this young woman who just was so troubled, and the sentiment behind that idea, "rest in peace," and the hope. I think we say that sometimes. Um, by rote because it's the right thing to say when somebody dies. But I think uh, we can look at that and say, 
we see somebody who is so troubled that we really, really do hope that that they are now at peace. There's a tremendous sadness that comes along with addiction and death from addiction. Um, but I and I also think sometimes there's a, re, a relief when it's over, and I think uh, there's some guilt for feeling that kind of relief, and so. Uh, we, we say rest in peace, and I think sometimes we don't really think about that. But I, I thought about it when I was reading this article. And we hope that this young lady, 28 years old, is now at peace. And her family can find some peace, some way to to work through their grief and work through their guilt and come to some kind of, of peace. And I think that's, you know, and again, I think... The intention behind this law that I talks about talk about that limits the amount of opioids. I think there's a good intention. I think the idea is to is to reduce the number of deaths from opioid overdoses. But I think there's also consequences to that kind of decision. So there is no right and wrong. There is no uh, black and white answer. I think there's a lot of gray areas in here. And we're going to continue to monitor this. Uh, we're, there will be other podcasts going forward where we're going to talk to people who have differing opinions on this. Um, but I, I would encourage you to, 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 to look a little deeper into this. I would encourage you to look into these laws. I would encourage you to look into just what the scope of the opioid epidemic is. Uh, there's some really big numbers out there. The number of people who are using, the number of people who are overdosing, the number of people who are dying. Those are big, big numbers. Uh, look at, at some of the ways in which the state you live in is trying to address this. Look at some of the ways the federal government is, is trying to address this. Look at the relationship between legalization of marijuana and opioid overdoses. Um, and legalization of marijuana and alcohol use, for that matter. Uh, so there's a lot of this, that uh, a lot to unpack. Um, but I think the most important thing is making intelligent decisions based on knowledge. So I would encourage you to, uh, to look into some of the things that we mentioned here in this cast. Uh, and as always, if you have any uh, comments, questions, criticisms, if you want to come on and and talk about uh, your experiences or your opinions. I, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, more than uh, more than happy to, to hear from you. I think you can find uh, some contact information uh, uh, in the bio that accompanies these podcasts, or uh, you can get a hold of us at uh, adeincorp.com or eight hundred three three four one nine one eight. Thanks for listening to this episode of the ADE Spotlight Podcast. If you would like to be a guest on one of our podcasts, or if you have an idea for a topic you'd like us to cover, please feel free to drop us a line. We'd love to hear your suggestions. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you to check out ADE Solutions, a new website from ADE. There you will find a variety of quizzes and assessments covering a whole range of behavior health related topics, including substance use, gambling, mental health disorders, eating disorders, and the like. If you have concerns about yourself or a loved one in these areas, 
uh, please uh, access the website and check out the assessments. Or if you simply want to expand your knowledge on these topics, on the education tab on that website, we have a variety of quizzes, uh, as well as other podcasts similar to the one that you just listened to. You can find that at www.ade.solutions, or you can link to it from our corporate website, www.adeincorp.com.